0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Punch It, episode one hundred twenty-one. My name is Charlene Schmidt, and with me, as always, is
1: Tristan Riddell.
0: Tristan Riddell, I adore you, sir. Uh, what?
1: what makes you say yeah, that? Yeah, I
0: am. I am delighted to be podcasting with you today because we've had difficulties managing our schedules as of late. I have a new job. You are very busy at your job. And so sometimes we do our very best to just juggle and eke this podcast out because when we don't talk to each other, like, there's a profound sense of loss. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so when we do manage to get our schedules to align and podcast, I'm grateful for that. And I know our listeners are too. And particularly this week, I'm feeling a little more sentimental than usual because... This is the week that Star Trek Las Vegas is happening.
1: Yes, and we are not there.
0: No, neither one of us is there, and this is very sad. And I really did want to be there this year. And then we ended up replacing the AC in our house, and those things aren't cheap. So my Star Trek Las Vegas fund went through that. But the reason why I'm feeling so sentimental is because three years ago, and I can't believe it's been three years ago already, Star Trek Las Vegas was the place where you and I met in person for the very first time.
1: Very first time. That was three years ago. And how long, at that point, how long were we podcasting together? I cannot remember.
0: Let's see. Four years. We were just about to hit four years.
1: And so, yeah. So we've been podcasting together for seven years total, but never met in person or pressed the flesh for four and it was it was a great moment. It was captured on video, and it was it yes, was definitely you, the highlight of my Star Trek Las Vegas experience. More so oh, than oh, one
0: hundred percent. And yeah. that is. I mean, that's a high bar because twenty sixteen was the fiftieth anniversary of Star Trek. There was so much cool stuff going on. We went to some amazing panels, and we got a lot of the Trek FM crew that was the Trek FM crew at the time. We were all together.
1: Yes, And that yes. was the
0: first and last time I've seen some of those people. And uh, it, was, it was incredible that we all found a way to bring ourselves there and be together and spend time together. We did some podcasts together. It was amazing. But meeting you was just, it, even if I had been deadly ill or <laughs> <laughs> didn't even have the financial means, I would have found a way to get my, my butt there because there was no way I was passing that up.
1: And I've heard that there are some pretty great things happening at the current STLV right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're just getting the party started, right? Yesterday, the convention officially began on a Wednesday. And my favorite thing, as always, is the cosplay. Because people always bring their very best cosplay to Star Trek Las Vegas. I feel, though, that this year, man, they've set the bar even higher than previous years and that is really saying something but just even so far and that's not to say that we're not going to see even more amazing things later but we've already seen uh let's see we have the whale probe with a whale and a action figure of spock mind melding with <laughs> the whale that is adorable freaking adorable if you have not seen this get on twitter and follow trek core or trek movie any of the major channels that are covering star trek las vegas you'll see the cosplay also i saw a red angel with wings that moved and that's just amazing
1: that's pretty cool like whenever you can get kind of anything mechanized or anything that has motion to an outfit or a, a you know a cosplay it really is it really steps up the game
0: Totally. So I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited for all of you who are there. I appreciate you taking the time to tweet and share your experiences for those of us who aren't there, who are living vicariously through you. And I hope you're having an amazing time.
1: Well, how about we get into our topic this week? Because this was supposed to happen two weeks ago, something like that? I don't know.
0: (laughs) Something like that. Yeah, we, uh, we had to talk about Picard when the trailer dropped at San Diego Comic-Con. That ended up becoming a full episode. We were going to discuss this topic back then, but you know what? No, we needed to give this its full due, and so we talked our mouths off with Star Trek Picard. We're done with that for now. And now, the topic at hand. And so we have a fan-suggested topic from Rich O'Donnell. That's the person who suggested this, and he says um he's referring to deep space delta which is an episode we did a few episodes ago said i was intrigued by that and in your commentary you briefly mentioned the Krenim. that got me wondering what the year of hell would have looked like on ds9 or any of the other series for that matter and said would you please explore that and so you and i both love this idea and so rich we're going to give you what you want
1: this one is this one is a really great topic and we can of we can go in multiple different directions now. I know that Rich specifically talked about the crinum, um, yes, but I feel like we could kind of make it a little bit looser, a little loosey goosey with, with the topic. Where okay, so what would a year of hell look like in TOS, TNG, Deep Space Nine, in Enterprise, um, as opposed to what would it look like if the crinum got involved, or we could do both, you know, something like that.
0: I'm so glad you're thinking that way because that's how I was thinking too, thinking it doesn't have to be limited just to the Krennum because I think what might happen is as we go through each show, it might be just a little bit different. It might mm-hmm. be another race of aliens. It, uh, it might not necessarily even be the show if you're catching my drift. So uh, there's a lot to explore here and I would, be, I would like to be a little fast and loose about it. Yes.
1: I'm wondering, like, let's since Rich brought up Deep Space Nine, let's go ahead and start with that one.
0: Okay, good. That answers our eternal question: Where should we start? (laughs) So, DS Nine. He suggested a visual of ramming the station into the Krenim ship. Now we know it takes a lot to get the station moving. That that's going to take a lot of time, and I'm just thinking if Cisco's going to do the catch line, "Time's up." Yes, I'm doing the Janeway interpretation. I I don't know what Cisco's would be exactly, but it would have to be at at least a minimum of half the speed, <laughs> because that's how slow they're moving.
1: I feel like Cisco would go one of two ways: he would yeah. whisper it, or he would scream it.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I think it depends on just how close he is to impact.
1: Yeah, I feel like we we'd get a times up, or we'd get a times up. Like that kind of thing.
0: Uh, No, I think it's even more ragey than that. Like, if he is a split second away from exploding, it's going to be time's up. (laughs) And I'm so sorry if you're listening to that with headphones.
1: Well, I am in a position where I can't scream, so uh, that's why you got a much more muted version. But uh, I feel (laughs) like I I don't like. While the visual would be interesting with the station going into the Crinum ship, I I feel like. the Defiant on a suicide mission would probably be a little bit better and more realistic. Yeah. And also we we could even get Worf to say, prepare for ramming speed again, you know?
0: <laughs> you know what? That alone would make it worth it. And I was thinking the Defiant too. That's the much easier, better way to make it happen.
1: I feel like what we can do is we can continue our timeline of what if the Delta Quadrant was linked like what if the wormhole was linked to the delta quadrant and that's how we got the crinum i feel like right this i don't think this is particularly a good idea for the show when it comes to crinum what i'm about to say but it could be it, it's an interesting what if like i don't th- like i said it, it wouldn't be great for deep space nine but it's an interesting what if so what if the crinum got involved in the dominion inadvertently because Ooh. we know that in year of hell the actual year of hell uh they were you know anorax was trying to get his wife back trying to get his home world back and everything like that and it screwed everything over so what if you know like during one of those um like we're in the middle of the dominion war in deep space nine uh i oh wait it that doesn't work because if it links to the delta quadrant then it wouldn't be the dominion war It'd be something completely different. No,
0: because we established that we didn't know anything about Gamma Quadrant species.
1: All right. Well, then I'm going to completely change my premise <laughs> and erase everything I just said. And we're going to say instead, so the the, okay. the the wormhole doesn't go to the Delta Quadrant, it goes to the Gamma Quadrant, like we all know and love. And somehow, the crinum are in the Gamma Quadrant. These are different crinum. It's Boom. just for the Deep Space Problem 9 solved. Series. New there species,
0: new race, and they're up to no good.
1: They're up to no good. So... Um, so, like, the the Defiant is making the rounds in the Gamma Quadrant. They're in Dominion territory. They're, like, it's one of those one-off episodes. And the... I feel like what would be cool to see in this is the Crinum are trying to do what they're trying to do. They're trying to get their home world back. Maybe it was destroyed by the Dominion. Maybe it was destroyed by the Changeling. Something like that. I don't know. And... That's
0: what I was thinking.
1: And they make, they make things go crazy. And the Alpha Quadrant has lost the Dominion War. Uh-oh. And I feel like that would be a great thing to see. Like, we would see an alternate reality where this is what's going to happen if we lose. And, like, we we can explore what that would look like in a second. But it, at the end, when we get the reset button, Cisco, maybe Cisco remembers? I don't know. Or maybe there's some reason why he remembers and he's the only one who does. I don't know. But it gives him resolve where he says he's like, like I've seen what it looks like when we lose. We can't lose. You know, like that kind of thing.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, to answer one of Rich's questions, who would be on the timeship? Oh, Because that's we had right. Chakotay and Tom Paris on the timeship, kind of, I, I guess, trying to negotiate be the good guys kill them with kindness in a way to sway them. And then we had that defector helping them out.
1: I'd say Kira and Miles.
0: Ooh, you know, they make a fun team. I love the two of them together. in past tense. Yeah, me too. And they don't get enough time together. So I'm all for it.
1: I think Kira would play the role of Chakotay and Miles would play the role of Paris. I think Miles is the one who, even though Kira is known as the hothead, I think Miles would be the one who would be more unsettled, and he like he would keep trying to explore the ship, learn how it works, figure out how to break it. And Kira, while still being the hothead, she, after years and years of of being on Deep Space Nine, she understands that you can't bully this guy into submission. You cannot. Uh, yell at him until he submits like you have to use the diplomacy you have to listen to him and she's smart enough to do that i think that would be an interesting pairing for that reason
0: totally i love it also let's say that this is kind of midway ds9 kira mellows out
1: oh yeah She very much does. She has a really fantastic arc over the entire show. So I think we see a much more mellow Kira, someone who's willing to negotiate, someone who's willing to listen, but who could still break your nose if you you piss her off.
0: (laughs) No doubt about it. But she does manage to read people a lot better, kind of knows what tactics will and will not work, like you illustrated. She would know, she would kind of see, like, she would kind of put her or, or be in this situation and realize i'm not going to get out of this with violence now season one kira absolutely would season four kira no
1: i feel like with this reality the year of hell deep space 9 reality um i would love i would want to do a what if where i'd want to do an entire episode where like they go back to earth and figure out what that looks like they i think deep space 9 would be destroyed or replaced something like that but i feel yeah. like if this actually happened in the show deep space nine the station would still exist it'd be overrun <laughs> by um by jim hadar they like quark would still be there odo would still be there something like that and so they go and they try to infiltrate the station they talk to the people and say like what happened and they're like what do you mean you don't like uh, of course you know what happened." actually wait in the year of hell they weren't aware of the of um of of the time change, like they weren't aware. No. Of everything, so no,
0: unless you're on the time ship itself, you are at their whims.
1: So I guess the story would be Cisco would be on Defiant with a skeleton crew, and they are the last bastion of Starfleet. Like they are one of the remaining elements of Starfleet, and they're trying. Like they know they'll n- they're they're never gonna win. It's it's they've already lost, so they can't win. It's so, so impossible. Sure. So they're just trying to strike a blow as hard as possible to the Dominion.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think what really turns the key for Cisco is losing somebody absolutely essential to his world. It would probably be Dax. Yeah. She gets killed in a battle, and then after that, Cisco does not care what happens to him. He is mm-hmm. going to destroy this the, the Krenim, Anorax, the ship at all costs.
1: I'd say like... On the um, on the defiant, I think you'd have Cisco, Worf, and Bashir, and that's it. No Dax. No. Well, you said Dax would die.
0: Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes, she would.
1: Yeah. 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 I think. Okay, after. Okay.
0: So that's who would be after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we have Worf. Prepare for ramming speed. Yeah.
1: And then like, that's yes. when they do the whole thing where they find out that like, oh, we're like we're living in a tangent universe. Like, this, this shouldn't exist if we destroy the... Like, we shouldn't be going after the Dominion. We should be going after the Krennum.
0: Yeah. Maybe you can tech the tech and say that maybe the timeship's bubble, if you will, also captures the Defiant. And that's what sort of screws things up mm-hmm. for the Krennum. So he has to keep calculating and blah, 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 blah. And then once they're involved in this mess, it only keeps getting worse. The Defiant is in massive disrepair. Everything is awful. And then we've got to get out of it.
1: Yeah, and maybe the reason why this whole thing started is because they're in the Gamma Quadrant testing their new ablative armor or something like that on uh, on the something Defiant. Something crazy. And, and that reflected the chronitons. Or blah, 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 blah.
0: <laughs> something in subspace screwed up because it always does. It
1: always does. So there you go. I think that is that is a bare Deep Space Nine story.
0: Yeah, but we need to get through all the other series as much as we can. So let's move on. How about TNG?
1: TNG is a tough one because it it'd be so easy to just turn it to the Borg. But I don't want to.
0: No, no, no. We can't do that. But I am thinking this would make a hell of a movie.
1: This would make a hell of an episode where Denise Crosby comes back. Oh, oh wait, we already got one of those.
0: <laughs> wait, yeah. Well, that's how we know it's an alternate universe that should not be. Am I right? Honestly,
1: like. I, this might sound like a cop-out, but Year of Hell is yesterday's enterprise.
0: More or less, it's just a little more complicated. Yes. I mean, it's... But it, you're right.
1: It, it is the same bloody thing. Honestly. Like Essentially. The same, the same things happen. It, 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 honestly, it's... So we have yeah, yeah, yeah. an alternate reality where a war is happening and it's been going on for years and they're going to be losing. They're like the the Enterprise is on its last leg towards the end of the episode. And like by the Enterprise C going back through the through the subspace distortion, it resets everything. Nobody remembers anything.
0: Done. Yes. So, okay, wait. So should we say that TNG has already done this? We don't need a year of hell, TNG style, because they did it.
1: That's kind of what I'm saying. I mean, like, (laughs) we could develop something different, but honestly, Yesterday's Enterprise is one of the best Star Trek episodes ever made, so how can you reproduce that?
0: So, yeah, let's not recycle this into a movie because that was my big idea, thinking, hey, Brian and Braga originally wanted this to be a whole season. We could condense it into an awesome, action-packed movie, but you know what? No. Why screw with a good thing? They already did it. It's done. We need to move on.
1: I, on, I really do believe that, because when we started thinking about TNG, I was just like, oh, I don't want to do the Borg. Maybe the Klingons could go crazy. And I'm like, oh, wait, there was an episode with a Klingon one.
0: Yeah. Also, I think that's a little more appropriate for earlier time periods, where if you do Year of Hell TOS style, they're going to be your bad guys. They're going to be the ones trying to restore or uh, enhance the greatness of their empire. And maybe they're using time travel and distorting time to accelerate that process
1: let's go to TOS because okay. this one is always uh it's I can't even imagine a storyline of TOS where even within one episode or two episodes where it would cover an entire year I just it's it's no it's so hard for me to even imagine that within the framework of 1967 television
0: right it's just not something that they did and they did very very rarely did two parters at all we had the menagerie mm-hmm. that's it right that, that's that was all like one think time they did it yeah so that in and of itself probably means we're going to have a very stripped down version of this story yeah. condensed into one
1: I think you're gonna have um I think you're gonna have Kirk Spock and bones on a planet. And maybe it's the Crinum Homeworld, and uh-huh. the Crinum are firing a something at the Crinum Homeworld, trying to get it like trying to bring it back to its once glory. And the sheer existence of of the of the landing party is what makes things go screwy.
0: Love it. That's and, great. That's a great sci-fi kind of concept for its day. Yes. and I think
1: that would work within a Tos framework. I think that's uh-huh. I, I think it's it's tweaked enough. It's much more basic than what we got in Voyager. And I feel like they uh when they beam back to the ship, like things go crazy, things pop up around them on the planet, like uh civilizations pop up around them on what was once Barons, but it's it's weird, like it's a um, let's say it's like really uh it's like a it's a pre warp state that maybe it's like an iron age, they're barbaric. You know, that feels like T O S, right?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, and well, they have to be worshiping some fake god, though.
1: <laughs> something like that, and <laughs> and so the Krynim are just like, "Holy crap! We've reduced our planet to a warlike pre warp state." This is what's gone wrong. And so Kirk, Bones, and Spock are like, "Get me out of here! Beam me up!" They beam back to the ship, and the ship has been with uh, like the sh- the ship itself has has uh, uh, gone through a year of hell.
0: So they didn't go through it, but the ship did. The
1: ship did. So like it's mis- it's missing a nacelle, um, you know, like like a, like a like a fifth of the saucer section is gone, floating in space, and <laughs> like we have Scotty who's the captain now, and and
0: is just completely a hot mess.
1: It's yeah. He hasn't
0: showered in a week. You can tell. I mean, it's bad.
1: It's it's yeah, and like. Sulu's dead, Uhura's the first officer Um, you know they're just just like where have you been? You're like we've been looking all over for you. We thought you died on that planet and Kirk, Spock and Bones are just like what are you talking about? It's been 15 minutes. They're like it's been a year we got your signal and we flew back or something like that. I don't know.
0: Yeah yeah. Oh crazy. Okay that's pretty cool. That's a great way to kind of condense it into one episode. Now do we have to reverse the damage to the Enterprise?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You got to do the reset button. You got to like yeah S- yeah. Spock is a genius. He's the Dos Ex Machina. You know, he says he's like according to my calculations, if we destroy the Krynim ship, we can do this. You know, it'll sure, revert sure. everything back. Yeah.
0: He'll figure out how to reset everything.
1: And they're that, like, how, okay, are we, how are we? How are we going to destroy? Um, how are we going to destroy the Krynim ship when we have half of a ship here? You know, like that's 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 the drama. <laughs>
0: you got to fly it into the planet.
1: Yeah, you fly it into the planet, you fly into the ship, something like that.
0: Yeah, that's probably a little too heavy on the special effects, practically speaking, for the show, but this is all hypothetical, so just go with it. Well, I
1: think even in TOS, like in in, in the 60s, you'd have the Krenim ship, you'd have the, the busted down Enterprise, and you just have the model fly towards it, and then you have a bright explosion. <laughs> Kaboom. That's it. It just goes white.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough.
1: And then all of a okay, sudden it and then, comes back from white and the Enterprise is all whole again.
0: Right. Sort of like in yesterday's Enterprise where we have kaboom, cut to, we're back on the Enterprise we know and love, all is well.
1: Everything's hunky-dory.
0: Right. Okay. So that's TOS. How about Enterprise? Because I feel like of all of the other series, this might be the place where Year of Hell, like let's say that Brandon Braga could only get a two-parter on Voyager and he said, No. He shelves it for a while, Enterprise goes into production, he says, you know what? I'm really going to make something of this. He kind of did with the whole Zindi thing.
1: I was gonna say, I was like, this is another situation where like not only like where TNG did Year of Hell before Year of Hell was cool, Enterprise did Year of Hell the way that everyone said Year of Hell should have happened in Voyager.
0: Right. Because we saw damage to the ship. We saw gradual changes. So <laughs> do we want to say that maybe the Zindi would be the arch nemesis instead of the Krennum?
1: I think you could say that. I think the only thing that we're missing with the Zindi arc that would make it Year of Hell is a reset button. And yeah, yeah. that's the best thing about Season 3 of Enterprise is that there is no reset button. Like they Right,
0: ripped- so we don't really want to do that.
1: Yeah, it's so uh, there is
0: no times up, and I really can't imagine Scott Bakula saying that anyway. So that's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, and I feel like Discovery so, uh, is too new to kind of touch on that one.
0: Well, the way I feel this would happen with Discovery is sort of like with the Red Angel; they know that all sorts of crazy things are happening, but it's going to take all season to figure it out and have it come to a conclusion. And then there's five other stories going on alongside it at the same time. It's not, maybe it is like the top story, but it's not the only one. Right. Because they're weaving all sorts of things at the same time.
1: So I'm wondering, yeah, because it's just, it feels like Enterprise did Year of Hell, but with his indie story arc. And I feel like if we showed an actual Year of Hell... That's exactly what it would look like with the same amount of side stories and stuff that was kind of linked to the plot, but not really on a surface level. Um, uh-huh. If we did a, if we did just a two-parter of Enterprise, say that, say this is season four, okay? Okay. Yeah. S- say it's season four, and we do a two-parter that's in the vein of Year of Hell. Um, man, I feel like we got it in Twilight. Jeez. <laughs>
0: Well, here's an idea is what if it was one of the species that we're quite familiar with instead of the Krenim? What if it were the Klingons or the Romulans trying to do this? I
1: we could swap up the species, but honestly, like if you look at it, you have season 3 as the complete look of of Year of Hell, and then you have the episode of Twilight, which is your condensed version of Year of Hell.
0: True, true.
1: So, Dang, really, so they've d- already to done do. this. Yeah.
0: It's happened so many times. I mean, it's all been pretty well done, I would say.
1: Because Twilight is one of, if not my favorite episode of Enterprise. And Yesterday's Enterprise is one of my favorite episodes of TNG. And Year of Hell is yeah. people's favorite two-parter on Voyager. And so this right. storyline is recycled but done really well. I'm sure next year Orville will do it, you know. and <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who knows, right? Yeah, I guess it's just little tweaks to the same template.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is I mean, we're
0: trying to reinvent the wheel here. I feel like we've just spun our wheels this whole time. We've really not done that much with this. But you know what? It's already been done well. That's the thing. That's the conclusion we're coming to right That's now. That's
1: so crazy because Yeah. You know, when we when Rich pitched this as a a what if scenario, you and I were both jazzed And we're just like, we could do so much with all of the series. We just like replace the species and like interchange (laughs) the people. But then as we're going through it, we're like, wow, it's been done so many times and done well. Does that make you sad or does that make you happy? I don't know.
0: (laughs) You know, it's a little bit of both. It's a little unsatisfying right now as we're recording this podcast because we didn't really come up with that many grand ideas, but it's because we already have the good content we should have thought of that before we recorded. It. <laughs> I, I that's say, okay. You know what? We do this live to tape. If you're along with us for the journey, maybe your thought process has been just the same wave that we've been on.
1: I completely disagree with that because <laughs> I I love I love it. No, I I love when we do our what if scenarios because there's so there's. There's so many podcasts out there that heavily produce, and we, we are a produced show. We think about it, we talk about it, we write it up, but so oh, sure, much so much of the fun part is just sitting down, turning on the mics, and see what comes out of our brains and if it's creative or not, and this is one of it's those times. It's true,
0: and you know what? Every writer's room is very much like what we're doing here. I mean, not all the ideas are good. Not all of them come to fruition. But you have to get them out of there. You have to get through the crap to get to the good stuff.
1: Well, it's, it, I, again, it's it's not even that. It's not like, oh, we didn't have a good idea or our ideas were bad. It's we were in a writer's room and we have Brandon Braga or Rick Berman saying, yeah, we've already done this like three times. And you're like, well, crap.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> right, yeah, we're failing massively in the pitching situation. And that's not to say that we didn't have good ideas, but we have to go through this process to keep building and come up with something Different or better, or what have you. I mean, this is how this is what happens.
1: But what we want from you guys is if you've been listening to this and you're just like, no, 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 you forgot this, or you could have done this, or or like maybe what if this happened? And like what if something different happened in TNG or what if something different happened in Enterprise? We would absolutely love to hear from you guys and maybe we'll read it on air if you have a good enough idea. Go to thenerdparty.com slash contact, select punch it from the drop down menu, fill out the form. It'll uh, send us an email and we really want to know what you thought of our ideas and we want your own original ideas because we know that we have some of the most creative people in our audience. And and uh, you can find us on social media as well. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our show Twitter is join Nerd Party, and you can find me individually on Twitter at the Insane Robin.
0: You can find me at Oh the Profanity, and yes, please write in and tell us all of the things that we've forgotten because I know that we are forgetting things.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening, and please tune in next week because whatever we're gonna do, we're gonna punch it.
0: Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it.